the main barrier to entry is not ease of use or discovery. It's really what's your gateway podcast. It really was the one podcast that got you to say, oh, wow, I'm going to spend the next five hours of my life listening to uh, this thing. Podcast Junkies, episode 218. Welcome back in this wild, wild world in which we're living. We have a very special episode today. It's with none other than Hernan Lopez. And this interview was actually recorded after the global shutdown <laughs> and shut-in where we all find ourselves in a completely different new world that I don't think any of us could have predicted a couple of weeks ago. Interestingly enough, I had uh, reached out to Hernan, who is a friend from uh, my time in LA, and uh, astute listeners will realize that this is Hernan's second time on the podcast. He actually helped kick off the second season of Podcast Junkies, episode 102, so make sure you check that out. We'll have that in the show notes as well. In case you missed last week's episode, we had a great conversation with Taz Ahmed, episode 217 of Good Muslim, Bad Muslim. This episode's brought to you by Focusrite. There's a fantastic sponsorship happening this month. Focusrite has launched the Podcast Studio Makeover, and it's running from March 6th through April 17th. This is an amazing giveaway, and you should definitely jump on this. They've partnered with a group of companies to give away three prize bundles to chosen winners, each of them valued at over $2,300. This bundle is bananas. First off, it's the Scarlett 18i8 third generation USB audio interface. It features four upgraded third generation Scarlett mic preamps, the switchable air mode I've mentioned earlier, two high headroom instrument inputs, eight line inputs. This thing is amazing. Then there's the Heil PR40 and PL2T boom arm. A free month of Squadcast. You guys know I love Squadcast. Plus 50% off the first two months. Simplecast. Again, another fantastic partner of the show. You get the first month free. Audio Mute. You get a $500 store credit and a free consultation. Hindenburg. A $95 store credit. Enough for a journalist to be applied towards an upgrade. And Adam Audio is providing a pair of SP5 headphones. Last but not least, you get to pack it all up in your Namba gear, Lil Namba Remix backpack. This is a crazy, crazy, crazy kit. Make sure you sign up. I've created a special link. Go to podcastjunkies.com forward slash Focusrite promo. That's podcastjunkies.com forward slash Focusrite promo. What are you waiting for? Go sign up now. So in this interview, we jumped right into what's front and center for everyone and what's happening with folks around the world who are forced to work and podcast in environments that uh, they're not used to, and how that's affecting the world of podcasting, how that's affecting the world at large, and the impacts that it's had. And we spend a little bit of time in the beginning of the interview talking through that. It just seems really relevant, and it was nice to have someone who's got some context and has actually been through a couple of other challenging experiences, especially coming from his time in Latin America, which I think is really relevant to the current environment we find ourselves in. We then dive into the feedback Hernan received after uh, Podcast Evolutions, Podcast Academy, and some of the things that are happening over at Wondery and the future of podcasting in this environment and things that the team has planned for the coming year. All in all, a fantastic discussion, very engaging, always a good time when I get to connect with and speak with Hernan, especially with the experience that he brings and his perspective and his passion for podcasting, which definitely comes through in this conversation. Let's not forget that this episode is also brought to you by Fullcast. Fullcast Fullcast.co is the website. If you need help with any aspect of your show from launch to production and marketing, we can help. Schedule a free chat at Fullcast.co forward slash chat 15 about your existing or new show. Stay tuned to the end of the episode, where I not only reveal this week's retention hashtag, but also give you a sneak peek into a new tool I'm using called Thyssen. So I'll give you the details, but you'll have to listen to the whole episode, and I talk about it in the outro. So let's get into this conversation with Hernan. So Hernan Lopez, uh, thank you for returning for round two on Podcast Junkies. Thank you very much. It's a very, I'm very happy to be here. 
So Adnan, uh, we are recording this March 25th, and I think just to, to put a hi historical place marker <laughs> on where we are in th this moment in time, it is the um, middle of a, a COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic, which is something that's unprecedented in um, in my lifetime and most people's lifetimes. And I think this is, uh, we're in completely uncharted waters. And I just wanted to do a just a check-in for you, you know, first off, that just to see that you and you and your family and, and loved ones are, are safe and, and what's been the, um, the impact for you that, or what's the past week or, or two look like? Uh, thank you for asking. Well, we're doing great. Actually, my, my whole family is here in Los Angeles. We, uh, LA has been fortunate in, in not being as affected yet. We're a little behind the curve. Obviously the trends are the same as they are everywhere else. So it's just a matter of time, but luckily, uh, we're good. My parents who live in Argentina, they're fortunate that their government imposed a lockdown before too late. So they essentially did at the same time that's Calif that California did it in New York. Yeah, business is um, is okay. I mean, this, we, we haven't seen uh, any meaningful cancellations on the advertising side. And we've seen the same little dip in audience that I think everybody else is seeing as uh, more people are working from home their uh, routines are getting disrupted. So that great me time that people had when they were commuting, uh, you would never think that people would miss commuting, uh, is now gone. But, uh, but you know, the trends are starting to uh, come back to normal. On the listening side, we've seen already uh, some people going back in and finding new ways to uh, listen and, and new times to listen. But uh, as you said, this is really unprecedented. We haven't seen anything at this level before when my life as you know i grew up in argentina and when i started hearing the news back in uh early january and and when you know in late january is when i i saw the signs and of of possible effects beyond the health uh, effects i remember the many crises that argentinians and many people from marine latin american countries had and one vividly that came to mind was uh, in 1989, there was a run of uh, hyperinflation and combined with huge unemployment and a res recession and people were rioting uh, grocery stores. And, and I remember thinking, well, you know, if I live through rioting grocery stores, I, can, I really can live through everything. And it wasn't until today that uh, somebody told me, hey, I don't know if you noticed or you've seen the videos of people walking into CVS and just helping themselves to stuff. I don't know if you've seen that. In San Francisco, it's uh, it, 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 it's sad because it's not right, but it's the, the effect is the same. So it, this will have big impact for sure, and it will be a durable impact. But I'm also mindful that uh, the, there's something that, that I learned from a book called Good to Great, the story of the Admiral Stockdale who uh, survived torturing in the Vietnam War. It's how to get past moments in your life that think um, that, that make you think you're not going to make it. And, and the, essentially the summary is confront the brutal facts, but at the same time, retain the faith that you will prevail in the end. And it's a really hard line to navigate because you need to do both. You need to be realistic. And at the same time, you need to be optimistic because if you're not realistic, if you're polarized, and that, that's essentially what Admiral uh, Scottdale was essentially describing the people who did not survive the torture camps there in Vietnam. Uh, they were both the Polyanish, um, the, the, the people who were widely and unreal and recently optimistic that they kept saying, okay, we'll get back by, we'll be out by Christmas and we'll be out by December, by February. And then that never came. And then on the flip side, the other people who didn't survive were the negative, the people who said, who essentially gave up. So how do, maintain that line between being realistic and prepare yourself for any adjustment at the same time retain the faith that you're going to come out is the number one tool that you know listeners of your show take nothing else i, I would like them to take this confront the fruit the brutal facts and then retain the ability the faith that you will prevail or, or another way of putting it I, I don't know who said this is if you're going through hell keep going <laughs> Yeah. Right? Because if you stop, you're in hell. 
Yeah, and I think there's uh, it's almost like the 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 fight, flight, or freeze mindset, right? That they talk about sometimes when people like or confront something that's beyond anything that they've ever comprehended before, um, and and they don't know how to react because there's no frame of reference for what should I do in this situation, and uh, that's when the instinct instinctual behaviors come out, and I think that's what we're seeing a lot of now, and. I posted some on LinkedIn a couple of days ago that something told me is that, that as leaders, we're either leading or hiding. That's literally, it feels like there's no in-between at this point. Like if you are, and, and you could be leading your family, you could be leading a, a company or, you know, any 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 sort of community, I think. And I think uh, what we're seeing right now is what, what I've been most inspired by is people, especially in the entrepreneurial community, who just come from this mindset of like, we are, you know, we're born for this type of adversity because, you know, that's how we got to this point. And I think it's fascinating to see some of the behaviors that are coming out. Yeah. Podcasts came out of 9-11. Yeah. Yeah. I'm wondering how, uh, if you've had discussions internally with your team or with other folks in other networks about what they're seeing or, or what are any worries that uh, are coming across from your team about what the long-term implications about this could be because for all intents and purposes this could be what the rest of 2020 looks like we i have not but obviously um, i think everybody listened to the infinite dial presentation tom webster uh, talked uh, about it a little bit i think that whatever happens this year is um, going to be a mid um, you know, a mid-term uh, or a short-term effect and uh, will come out of it stronger because a lot of people will discover podcasts that hadn't uh, discovered them before. And podcasts are among the few media that will continue to be produced without any interruptions. If you uh, think about the business of television or movies, they had to completely shut down because there's no way you can do it without being physically present. And in our business, we are 100% at full production because uh, a lot of our shows are being produced and written and recorded remotely already. So, but, but I think, um, again, just the same way that people will come back into former podcasts or, or, or listeners of podcasts who had to pause or listen to less or, or sometimes run away from so many news uh, are going to come back to their old habits. I, I think we're going to see a lot of people. So the, the, the trend that... Tom Webster in Infinite Dial was drawing. It's there's no reason why it should be interrupted. It's it's just a natural trend. Uh, so we'll we'll see more listening going. On. I've heard some people comment that are finding themselves in these new situations at home with both spouses at home and you know kids. And so one of my friends has like seven people in his house right now. So he's losing his mind a little bit. But also that there's mental health challenges as well. I think our, our mutual friend Ben Adair has released a new a podcast called uh, Pandemic Check-In. I don't know if you've heard it. I have not, but that's a great idea. Yeah. And He's got mental health professionals talking about the impacts of like what it's like to be in the same space with people where you you can't go, and even people who are mental health professionals who normally would have left their job and comes home for the safety of like leaving and and being away from that for a while. Now they have to confront it on a on a daily basis. That's right. They're coming fever. They're 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 stuck. They get Stockholm syndrome. I there's a survey from Axios uh, that says that about forty percent of Americans are now reporting worse mental health. So that's definitely one of the biggest uh, side effects of even of people who are not economically affected. Obviously, the number one tragedy are people who are just not doing well health wise. Right? They're, they're losing a parent, a grandparent, or or their. But but then after that. Are people who are being um, disrupted in you know in economic ways, or their their um, essentially their their ability to care for the kids and and work at the same time? Single moms who work at hospitals. Imagine the predicament that they're in. I mean, they can't have somebody you know help them with the the schools or uh, their kids are out of school, and then they they cannot work from home. Uh, so th those are the people I really feel for. We will be fine. I mean, everybody will be affected in some respect. But the, the third, uh, uh, yeah, people I, I'm most worried about is people who, even though they're not in that big of a predicament, they they will get increased mental health problems, depression, anger. There was this article on the New York Times today about the predicament of uh, abused women in this environment, less options, right? But 
you know what? I, I, I'm always the guy who looks at the rosy side of it. And there's something that comes out of every crisis. Uh, there's always an opportunity. There's always a similar lining. I think that out of 9-11 came this sense of unity and solidarity that I, I don't know that, that we had in, in the U.S. right before 9-11. And, uh, and I think something like that will come out of this one. I think we will learn how to be thankful for the little things in a way that, you know, after this long economics expansion and, and low unemployment and just booming stock market for, for those who participate in the stock market and rising home prices, you kind of like lose sight of, of the little things that matter. And I think now people, I know it happens to me in a way, where you know, smelling the um, little roses, as, as the saying goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, smelling the roses and uh, just, yeah, being thankful for the little things that we have, including toilet paper. <laughs> it's so bizarre that that's the first thing everyone thought that they needed. I know. To, to yeah, 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 yeah. For no reason. I was in New York for 9-11, so it was interesting. Uh, that a couple of days afterwards, that sense of, like, I f New York felt like a small, like a small town. And it was a very strong sense of community, and I, I agree. Like we we get we've gotten through diversity, and uh, I, I saw something similar when Hurricane Sandy hit New York as well. Same thing. Yeah, I right. lost. We lost power for a week in in downtown Manhattan. So, yeah, we'll get through it. I think, but I think we're also rethinking. To your point, what are the things that are most important in our lives? And people are reaching out to old friends to do Zoom chats, and and Zoom is now a verb. I think just everyone is. The, the the company is just everyone's using it people are learning how to use zoom and and learning interesting these skill sets that people have put off that said i don't need to learn that or it's not relevant for me i think we're gonna move and it's interesting how we're almost being forced to move into this virtual real world because you know if this is the the new norm for the next 12 to 18 months I mean, we can talk a little bit about, you know, what's coming up in terms of conferences, but that's just one aspect. Live events, like everything that we thought we knew about in-person or gatherings has been dramatically, like, shifted. Oh, but I hope it doesn't last that long, right? That there's just the, the, the appetite of human beings. I, I read this great tweet today. When this is over, uh, can I curse on the show? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. When this is over, I'm going to hug every, every motherfucker I see on the street. I can't remember who posted that, but I thought it was <laughs> such a great tweet that that captured uh, the way a lot of people are feeling because, yeah, yeah people just crave human connection. There's a, a group out of Australia, they do something called Pub Choir, where they get people in uh -huh. a, in a, in a in live event and they, and they show them how to sing a song, and there's hundreds yeah. of people singing, and they usually do it in like a, in an auditorium, and it sounds nice. Their most recent version, they had to do a virtual version where they had people send in YouTube videos of singing a song. So they did the song Close to You from the Carpenters. And I, I mean, I don't know how you can watch that without having a tear in your eye for humanity. Because <laughs> so, so we need we need to counter like what's happening now with the the fear with just strong doses of like humanity and and the goodness in people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So one of the things, uh, for instance, I'd wonder our first order of business was just make sure that the lights stay on and ask people. We have 62 employees and they migrate from, uh, they've been working from home for two weeks, making sure that they're okay, that they're safe, that their families are safe, and and then they have what they need in order to uh, keep delivering the shows and we keep supporting our partnerships as well. And then as soon as we, we got that comfortable that we're doing that, then we move to what do we produce and what do we need to promote to our listeners in this new environment. So we have... Shows like Imagine Life, I don't know if you've ever listened to it, is this second person kind of game show where uh, Virginia Madsen invites you to put yourself in the shoes of a listener. And it's a guessing game where at the end of the, the show, you are told who you are. Okay. But it's really a show about resilience. It's if you listen to any story, uh, it's a show about how somebody overcame adversity. And it just so, so happened that season three was coming up. So that's going to be a show that we promote a lot. Wow. Um, yeah. We are, you know, we, we have produced special episodes of American History Tellers about the epidemics. Uh, we're launching a show called Fighting Coronavirus from Steve Johnson uh, of American Innovations. He was uh, also the the uh, author of The Ghost Map, the story of the um, London epidemics and how uh, they change pretty much everything in, in, in industry. Uh, so, and, and, and again, it, and we also need to be mindful that 
There are people who want to find solace in finding more information, and there are people who want to run away from it. Uh, there are people just want entertainment, and that's that's perfectly fine. Uh, and so we have entertaining shows as well. We're also being connected with our advertisers to make sure that they have what they need. That mostly our our businesses primarily advertising supported and and uh, again with the response we received is great but in this environment i think uh podcasts have this amazing uh, place in people's hearts because they feel personal they feel human they feel intimate and that's exactly what listeners need right now what people need right now I'm wondering if you've seen any change in the listening habits, because one of the things I heard mentioned uh, was a woman saying, like, I don't want want to watch any depressing shows right now, (laughs) only uplifting comedies or comedy specials. And I thought immediately about like the whole wave of true crime. And I'm just wondering if people are just saying, you know what, I need a break from that. (laughs) And maybe something that's more more lighthearted. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I mean, but you but you see people that are running towards uh, news and and that depressing as it is as well. So yeah, the patterns are changing, and uh, but I think after this is done, people are going to go back to their ways. So can you talk a little bit about you as as the the head of Wondery as as a, a leader? Has there been anything that you've looked at in terms of how you're approaching this? Is this the first time you've had to manage a team like this to a crisis like of this magnitude? I wonder, yes. Uh, but when I was uh, at my last company, I dealt with the 2001 recession. I was running the Latin American business, and Latin America was way more impacted than the U.S. was because it combined the the short-lived dot-com um, you know bust and and uh, and a massive. Uh, currency crunch uh, throughout Latin America, which was coupled with recession and a number of things. So that was my my, my last big crisis. Then 2008 was a big, obviously, economic meltdown in the U.S. My business was affected as well. Uh, by the time, was running uh, all international, so we were seeing uh, ad revenue drop, currency uh, being dislocated. I think, uh, the, yeah, the lessons were different than then and now. Right uh, at the time, I was working for a big you know, large publicly traded global organization. So I knew at the end of the day, I had the backing of that that company. Right now, it's, you know, it's a small, we're still a small business. I mean, we are 62 employees and we're four years old. So the stakes are different, but the sense of ownership that we have in the company is also different. We uh, recently extended the share ownership plan to all employees. Um, this happened in the last month. So now every employee in the company essentially is on, is a share, is an owner. Yeah. Where do you get your inspiration as a leader in general, like and especially during times like this? Yeah. And so I had some really great bosses throughout my life, from David Hassan to Chase Carey to Peter Rice, and people that I learned a lot from, and people who had managed through multiple crises and had managed even bigger groups of people than 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 I had. And I read a lot. I'm, I'm a business book junkie. Probably one of the last ones that I put to in in, in effect. Wonder uh, is a book called measure what matters by john Dory, and um it again it is a book about how you set goals called okrs yeah, and yeah. how do you put them yeah. in practice it's too thick and too boring <laughs> probably for 90 percent of the people in the world but it's uh, but again i mean I, i'll pick up something and i'll share with my team we have a, a weekly uh, all hands on deck uh, meeting that now is happening remotely and I invite people to share stories that, that they, they hear because there's always a learning in almost every interaction that become part of if, if you're listening close enough. Mm-hmm. So let's shift the gears because obviously we there's a couple, had a whole list of things to talk about <laughs> as of a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> and it feels like all of that has been completely um, thrown out. But uh, let's talk a little bit about the, the podcasting landscape and specifically like what, what was coming up. And, you know, you mentioned there was the mention of the, the podcast academy, which was the, the big deal. <laughs> it seems right. like so insignificant insignificant now <laughs> given the past couple of weeks in terms of what's top of mind for podcasters but uh can you talk a little bit about wh- what you've had what you're keeping an eye on in terms of what's going to be canceled what's shifted what what was on the calendar and and what's you know being looked at more closely now 
uh, for us. Yeah, for you. Well, for the yeah, for for the academy, and then what, how you're thinking about like events you were going to be attending as well. Um, look, I mean, yeah, yeah. So one of the first things that happened, we had the Podfront San Francisco show uh, scheduled for uh, May, and we postponed that to September. I, I think uh, yeah, live events uh, are probably going to be in pause until the summer. I am really looking forward to and to podcast movement in Dallas, though, because that's that's a show that I really love. It's uh, one of the best events in the industry, and my whole team is going to be there. And uh, we had to postpone one launch of a show that that we had announced already was going to come up in April. It's called Bunga Bunga, and it's the story of Silvio Berlusconi, the Prime Minister of Italy. Uh, great show, creatively, it's coming along great, but it's just not the right time to tell a story about Italy right now. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, we're still producing the same volume of episodes and the same quality of episodes that we were before. Our uh, partner shows have not skipped a bit. We we launch a show, even that reached last week, we launch, we re-release uh, another show, Joe Exotic, um, this week. So we're still in business, still open. Uh, and as to the Podcast Academy, we, we have a call with the governors next week. And that, that call was scheduled when we had the first uh, meeting in person. We met for the first time in person. Uh, it was actually half the people in person in New York and about half uh, remotely. And this was just when the pandemic was started to become more and more talked about in the U.S. And, uh, and since then, we had three other governors. I join and confirm that I join, and we. Uh, the goal is to to keep going. Obviously, be mindful of timing and, and announcements, and 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 just be sensitive. Be sensitive and, and and hit the right tone. So, talking a little bit about that after um, the evolutions conference, obviously there was a lot of buzz, which you you know you, you were pulled into on Twitter and social, and you started. I know you had conversations with Elsie uh, Escobar, and 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 then you you were on the new media show with with Rob and Todd. With Rob and Todd, yes. So I'm interested in in what was what you were seeing because uh, obviously there seemed to be a there's a portion of the podcasting community that seems to have been like taken off off guard or caught off guard or and then we're feeling left out. When did you start to realize, you know, post evolutions that there was a buzz going on about people that were wondering like exactly what this meant for them and if they were in fact being left out or, or oh yeah no that was pretty apparent the, the very same uh day I, I left the evolutions i left my panel then when i was inside the room there were a bunch of people are reaching out and saying this was great i really loved it i really loved it and at the minute i left the room i was stopped literally by three people i don't want to name them but they told me hey you said this is not true and i think you felt you left this out and left this out and I said, no, actually, I didn't say this, but thank you for your concern. And that, that's when I realized that something that I had said had been lost in translation. Maybe I misspoke, but it, but it is true. I mean, to, to the credit, it is true that when uh, we created the um, Academy, we did in a very short period of time. Um, essentially, we started talking in December and we had this great moment. The ideal opportunity to launch it was February 14th and with that keynote slot with everybody in the room and we we had critical mass of people that we thought were representative of the industry i think still think are representative of the industry but we knew that by definition there's no way we could have reached out to everybody um, which is why all of the 17 slots we only had 11 confirmed at that time and we had left six open for consideration and, and we also knew that we couldn't we we had to do this in a relatively confined way because if you just leave the idea for too open for too long without being concrete there's uh there's you know there's an opportunity that different agendas come into play and people just lose track and and it, th th these organizations are hard to do yeah they're really really hard to do <laughs> and then yeah. yeah i wasn't on the board of uh glad the, uh, i know for probably for four years so, so i just know from first hand how difficult they are now uh, to, to to run and even more so to start but since then as you mentioned i talked to lc I, I i've done a number of conversations with independent podcasters and and that's one of the goals i mean in all my two lists this week we need to i need to recruit the last two independent podcasters uh, to the board and I have conversations with two people now, two women, and hopefully uh, we'll get to yes with uh, both of them. 
If you had to summarize the takeaways, you know, without going into the specifics of all the follow-up conversations you had with folks that, you know, we would consider the indie podcasters, and I guess the, the definition is a bit flexible, but probably people that are producing a, a show on their own with no team. Um, and, you, and you spoke to folks like Elsie and, and, and Todd and Rob. What was your, what did you learn as a result of those conversations maybe that you had not known before or just did not have enough information about before? I think I knew this coming in uh, that that because one of the goals of the organization was to create an organization of people, not companies, uh, put under one roof people who create a show independently like you and and you do everything yourself, and people who are part of a larger team and a larger organization like NPR or iHeart. So I knew that that was a tall order, but I, I. I think that's what we're setting out to do. And, and uh, what I learned from the conversations uh, with uh, Elsie in, in particular was that I should be very mindful of giving people who have been doing podcasting for a long time a very special place. Um, because it's, it's not enough to essentially go and, and include independent podcasters on the board. And it's not enough to have independent uh, representation, people who have been doing shows like Elsie for, you know, 15 yeah. years, like, yeah. they, they, they're, they're a different category, right? So, yeah, yeah. and so uh, as, as a result of some of those conversations, for instance, we're going to create a, a special category of award. We still need a name for that award. It's essentially the one person podcast because the way we had in the draft, it was modeled after television and film where you have best host and best uh, reporter and then best uh, sound designer, music supervisor, and you know one of one of them said, "What if I'm all of it?" So I, th- <laughs> yeah. I think we're definitely going to have one yeah. one one person show, but we need a better name than one person show. Yeah, but but then the, the other thing that came out is that look, I mean, a lot of people just think about the awards, the awards, the awards as as if that were the only goal, and this is not the only goal. This is an organization that the main goal, uh, the, the the goals are to promote, to network, and to recognize excellence, right? And uh, on, on on promote, one of the things that we're going to do is uh, to do uh, sessions to essentially give resources to our members that would allow them to essentially you know, zero in on the skills that they want the most. And some of those resources are, are free already, that they're, they're readily available, and, and a lot of people just don't know where yeah. to find them. That not everybody yeah. knows where to find the Transom uh, podcast, to give an example, or, or that they exist. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or the Gimlet Academy, um, yeah. or, or your yeah. own show. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's um, there's obviously a number of meetups that uh, already exist around the country of podcasters, and our goal would not be to replace those meetups, but to essentially sponsor them and become part of those meetups, because I think people, especially now, they're going to all move to Zoom, for sure, but people just are longing for connection. I think the, the Podcast Academy as as a not-for-profit organization, has a great opportunity to really become a voice for the credit community, especially given that we have you know, people like Rika Murthy and Lawrence Bork, who are independent podcasters, all the way to Anya Grandman and Kerry Hoffman and uh, Corny Holt. So essentially every, every kind of creator is represented. Yeah, and I think within, I mean, having been in the community myself since 2014, I specifically sought out what I call the podcast OGs, the veterans, you know, I was having conversations with Rob Greenlee, with uh, Elsie Escobar, folks like Gary Leland, who had been podcasting like, you know, close to 10 years at that point, or maybe even longer. And, and I think they bring it into an, a, a do-it-yourself like mindset and ethos where they're just like, we... Super, you know, when you talk about like the homebrew club in, in the Apple days about the people who are like building PCs and stuff like that, and you and you watch these movies about the stories about Bill Gates, like the the workshops that they would attend, I think that's what's that what's that community is is what is the early days of podcasting, and obviously we have to grow as a as a community, we have to grow as an organization as as, um, as a group, and and evolve as well. So it's well, we can't well we have to pay homage to i think it's important to not also be stuck there and and fight against anything that's happening that introduces fresh blood you know new perspectives uh, and, and and just is open to using technology to ensure that at the end of the day we're delivering 
you know, what we want to do, which is a quality show to our listeners. Yeah, that's another thing I learned. What's an OG? <laughs> I, I, I had not heard of the OG podcasters. And, and you know, the other thing I learned is that I know you for now four years. Um, we're both Latinos. I And I think of myself as an independent, as the scrappy guy, because up until three years ago, we had you know, barely uh, any shows with six I remember. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I still yeah. think of myself as one of the scrappy guys. But then I realized that when I go out and give a speech like like this, uh, a lot of people think of Wondery as one of the big guys. Um, and uh, the, the, the same way that for us, more, no, the big guys are that company or that company. So I, I think I uh, that it, it was just a reminder that partially with very good intentions, I wanted to create an organization that uh, creates the biggest possible tent and the biggest, biggest possible tent will inevitably have to have different kinds of voices and those voices will be diverse and they may not always agree but that's like one of the coolest things about podcasting as i said in the speech uh you still can have that kind of diversity in one media whereas if you look at television you look at film given the amount of money that it takes to uh, make a movie or uh, make a television show only a few select companies can make a movie or a television show as someone who's self-identified, you mentioned Latino and gay as well, that aspect that you mentioned about diversity, how much does that hit home for you in terms of like being an important aspect of what you're trying to do? Yeah, it's hugely important. Obviously, from the get-go, I proposed to the every board member and they all agreed that the majority of the governance should be women. And, uh, and you know, this day and age, you know, so many organizations have a board that started with 80% men and then they had to move into more bands for presentation. I said, why don't we just start? It's 2020. Let's start it. How important do you think that is for people that um, I think about just growing up in terms of like having role models that were Latino, for example. And I, it, when, when I would notice someone that was a performer, for example, John Leguizamo, like when growing up, I was so drawn to him because I was like, whoa, like, you know, I can relate to him because he tells stories of like, that, you know, that, uh, that remind me of growing up. And, I, and I'm wondering, as the, as the industry grows, there's a whole new group of, you know, minority and, and um, other types of people who self-identify in different ways, kind of seeing and seeing people in, in those positions. And I think uh, for me, it feels like it's important that, the, that there is that mix because it's, it feels like aspirational. Like it feels like there's, that's what's possible if I, if I can see people in those positions. That's right. And that, that's why I mean, if you look at the, the picture of all the governors that we had on, on the slide, you're going to see that diversity represented. And, and I would love for that uh, diversity to be representing the membership as well, right? Because everybody will be able to join so long as they, they can prove that they uh, fall into one of the categories and, and they, they sign an application and they give two references. And obviously there's a membership fee, but uh, we'll see when the applications come in, whether the diversity is represented in the organization. That's the one thing that, that we want to see happen the most. I don't know if you had heard, but we had attempted a organization called the International Podcasters Association, and uh, we we started it last year. It was uh, James Cridland was a part of it, um, a couple of other folks from the independent podcasting community, Liz Covart, Glenn Ebert, uh, Chris Curran, uh, and Jimmy Lagunar, and I, I think that's everyone that was on the the founding board. Hopefully, I'm not missing anyone. <laughs> um, but it was funny because we had probably six months worth of meetings where we tried to figure out how we could do this in a way that could represent, uh, I had a chat with Tom Webster at one point, asking his feedback um, and just getting perspective because I know this has been tried before. So I think it felt a little bit like we would be herding cats in terms of getting all the players to to be represented. And then uh, Todd mentioned this, was was asking you a bunch of questions about this on, on the interview as well that, that I heard. So at the end of the day, we realized that it did require an investment of not only time, and we all have you know, full-time jobs, and also money. Because if it was, it's not a passion project. And if it's something that's going to have a, a lasting effect and a lasting impact, I think it has to be taken seriously as its own endeavor. Yeah, I 100% I agree. And then for, for that very reason, I wanted to make sure from the get-go that this is not a trade organization. That's why we stayed away from the word association, because that usually tells you that's a, a trade organization. And then people on the outside wonder, okay, 
who are the parties associated with it? I mean, is it, uh, is it the big companies, the small companies? Who does it represent? Who does it watch? So Podcast Academy is an organization of people, not companies. So I'm personally a member and governor. Wondery is underwriting uh, through a donation, the organization as are NPR and, and iHeart, but the other members are Colonel Byrne, there are Anya Grandman, there are Kerry Hoffman, personally, not their organizations. And as far as time, I think everybody understands that when you join a not-for-profit officially, you, you just need to put in the time because it's something that we do for an old purpose. And, and uh, it's something that hopefully one day we'll look back and say, we're glad that we did it. And uh, we're glad that the organization is alive and is celebrating excellence the way that the uh, Television Academy, 60 years later, is, is you know producing the Emmys every year. Out of all the things that you've had on your plate up until the moment you've made the decision to put this in motion, my question for you is, uh, why? Like, why is this important to you? And why is this important to this industry? Because I, I think that podcasts uh, are still a nascent uh, medium. And I think uh, we don't have enough ways of signaling and recognizing excellence, you know, that, that, that are essentially given by a not-for-profit neutral organization. Obviously, we had the iHeart Podcast Awards, which are great. I was part of it for two years, and I commend uh, them to, for, for getting that show off the ground and, 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 uh, and, and gave a lot of recognition. Uh, but I think there was a, a need for a not-for-profit base association that, that, was, that had uh, that included more of the independent voices as well. And, and I don't think that that role was being fulfilled necessarily by the Peabody's or the Edward Murray Awards or any of the other awards that specifically go to podcast journalism because those are really hard to get. Obviously, yeah, they're, they're, they're usually reserved for news organizations. So uh, again, the, the way I think that the... And at the same time, a professional membership organization is something that our industry needs because uh, I, I there's just so many podcasts out there and some of them are being done for hobby and some of them are being done professionally some of them are somewhere in between so i think uh there, there needs to be a place where people who want to become professionals can uh have a, an association that they can call their own where do you see, like, where are we in, in terms of the industry? Um, I had a nice chat with James uh, Cridland on, on a couple of episodes ago. Just, the re you know, if you think about the arc of, and you've had some experience, obviously, because of the work you've done in TV, and you've seen how the adoption rate picks up and, and where we are and the impact that a medium can have. Where do you see that we're at? Because I, I think, I, I feel that as much as I've been around for a while, it still feels like early days. It's still early, still early. I mean, you still go, I mean, I, I don't know whether people have the same experience. I still go to uh, cocktail parties and I have to explain to people what I do. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I live here in LA, right? So it's not, uh, the other day we were pitching uh, uh, a show to a uh, head of the studio and, and that head of the studio said that they needed to listen to, to watch our podcast. Still early days. We're probably close to an inflection point uh, right now in that, at thirty-seven percent of Americans listening every month, you are a place where you either listen or have somebody in your family who's listening. Right? It's not something that you need two degrees of separation. So if you're not a current listener, you probably have somebody very close to you who's a listener. So I think that puts us at the place where the yeah, podcasts are within every household or the majority of households, and I think that's an inflection point because that's the point at which if you're the non-listener, the, the you know podcast curious, and then your girlfriend, for instance, is obsessed with Dirty John, <laughs> she's going to tell you, you yeah. know what, next time we're going to drive, yeah. we're going to listen to Dirty John, and then you'll get hooked. Are you, are you tracking or seeing anything that's happening in the app ecosystem, in the hosting companies? Because anything we can do to make things easier, I think is for people to consume is always a good thing. But, you know, the, the, the litmus test is to give the phone to your grandmother and say, hey, you know, can you subscribe to my show? And then just, you know, come, come, come back a day later and see what happens. So uh, have, you, have you been tracking or seeing anything that's promising for you from a either delivery standpoint or consumption standpoint 
Uh, I haven't seen any. Look, I mean, I, I've been a uh, user of the Apple Podcasts app as my primary app for for many years now. Although I have every app on my not every app, but but the, all the big ones I have on my phone, and I go in often to check and do different things. Uh, and I think that the marketplace is very well served as uh, the the apps that we have. The the main barrier to entry is not uh, ease of use or discovery. Is really what's your gateway podcast? It really what's the one podcast that got you to say, "Oh wow, I'm going to spend the next five hours of my life listening to uh, this thing," and uh, that's that's essentially one of the one of one of our goals at Wonder is to be the home to more gateway podcasts than than the year before and than the year before. Yeah, that's helpful. So, just a couple of questions that I like to ask as we wrap up. What's something you've changed your mind about recently? So, one of the things I changed my mind about is the impact of coronavirus. I, I have to say, in mid-January, I was still drinking the Kool-Aid that it was going to be okay, that it was going to be contained and short-lived. And it was in mid-February that I started to see uh, the numbers coming out of Italy, in particular, and I said, well, "Okay, this is something that." that has potentially a, a really big impact. Um, so that's one. Uh, what's the most misunderstood thing about you? The most misunderstood thing about me is that I'm somehow part of the establishment because I used to work for Fox. And I don't know if anybody assumes that I'm a Republican because I used to work for Fox. <laughs> I'm actually an independent, and uh, I, I have, you know, I never had any connection with Fox News. And yeah, I still have friends over there. Actually, the, the guy that hired me at Fox is now working on Fox News. But no, I'm I'm I'm, I'm very you know straight down the line independent. Have you watched the uh, the bombshell uh, movie about yes. the, the, the behind the scenes? I watched the bombshell and I listen uh, and I watch uh, the loudest voice. Oh yeah, fascinating uh, peek into uh, the insights of what, what was happening in that organization. I, I dated a girl who used to work at Fox in early days, and I think I've been to Roger Ailes' apartment, which is a little weird yeah. to say. But <laughs> <laughs> this is <laughs> this was like nineteen ninety. Yeah, yeah, 90, probably ninety. Three mm. probably at the time, yeah, so yeah, it was yeah. just early. This is before there was anyone understood what Fox News was, but it was interesting. So, well, um, lots happening, and I'm, I appreciate you making the time uh, during these interesting days to um, come come on the show. I, I, I truly appreciate our friendship and uh, and the fact that just we just happen to have this moment in time to capture not only what's happening in the world of podcasting, but what's happening in the world overall and then, and how those two are intertwined now in a way that's been interesting to watch from a social experiment because what do people do when they're confined and and how do their habits change when it comes to consuming content and podcasts so it's been fascinating to watch and um, i'm incredibly grateful uh for you to 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 find the time to have this conversation with me oh thank you so much it was a pleasure always uh, reach out and hope to see you in person soon yeah, I'll, I'll, I don't know. Soon my LA trip is a bit, is a bit delayed. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the best place for folks to engage with the, the shows and with you if you're active on any social channels? I am uh, on Twitter at Hernan Lopez and, and as well as LinkedIn. And, and for our shows, they can go to uh, any of the podcast players and look for the Wondery shows. Uh, we, we just, as I mentioned, launched Joe Exotic. And uh, before that, we listen, we, we launch uh, Even the Rich. Uh, so those are two shows I listen to a lot. Well, definitely, again, uh, thanks for taking the time. I appreciate you sharing your insights uh, with our audience. All right. Thank you very much. So thanks again to Hernan for coming on the show and uh, spending a bit of time in these crazy times with everything that's going on. I'm glad we got a chance to talk about uh, things relevant to our current environment with the coronavirus crisis and also, we're able to tell a little bit about what's happening in the world of podcasting. It seems like things are changing day by day in this new world that we live in. So I just want to remind you again that uh, I want all of you to be safe and healthy. Hope your family is safe and healthy. And 
to stay positive and to stay focused on the things that you can change and help the people that you can help and take care of yourself first and take care of your business first and keep podcasting if you are a podcaster because I think now more than ever we need to be surrounded by our community and by the folks who count on us uh, week in and week out. I saw a couple of folks mention that they were listening to Podcast Junkies episode on Instagram and that really warmed my heart and just little things like that for a podcaster is the fuel that keeps us going and it really inspires us to keep recording our shows. Intro and outro music composed by Cedar and Soil. Check out his fantastic music at cedarsoil.com. Podcast production and marketing provided by fullcast.co. Show notes provided by Thyssen. I teased them out in the beginning of the episode. I've had a chance to dig into the tech a little bit with the founder, Ben, and I'll put a link to the show notes to the new page that was created for Podcast Junkies on Thyssen, and that's T-H-I-S-T-E-N dot C-O. I'd love for your feedback as well, so check out the link in there. Head on over to a couple of the recent episodes of Podcast Junkies that have been transcribed, and I'd love to hear what you think about it. You can comment on it, and there's still some functionality that's going to be added in the coming weeks, but I'm really excited that I got to uh, test it out a little bit and excited for what Ben and the team are putting together there. Thanks to our episode sponsor, Focusrite and the Scarlett 2i2, which is my go-to sound card in use for this episode specifically as well. Make sure you check out podcastjunkies.com forward slash Focusrite promo. It's still going on as of this recording, and it's over $2,300 in gear and prizes, including an hour-long consultation with me. We'll be mixing in some of the content I had recorded prior to the shutdown, so uh, I want to make sure I get those episodes out. I've got conversations with Daniel Desir, Ian Gaines, Amy Woods coming up that I'm excited to share with you. Next week, we're going to have a chat with Danielle Desir. She's the founder of Women of Podcasting, and it's a great story how a need arose in her community and she stepped in to fill that void and it turned into a fantastic group that's still going strong and growing. So looking forward to that conversation. If you made it this far, no doubt you're waiting for the retention hashtag. Let's have a little fun and go with wonderful Ernan. So it's wonderful and Ernan's name, H-E-R-N-A-N. Now more than ever, thank you for taking the time to listen to this show. I know it's not anything that I take lightly. I know we're all doing the best in these circumstances. We've all got a lot on our mind, a lot on our plates. And the old ways of listening to content and consuming content and who we listen to and how we listen to that, that's all been, I feel like it's all gone out the window and we're resetting in some ways. So I'm happy to continue to bring these episodes to you. And for the new listeners, welcome. And for the old listeners, just want to continue to thank you for supporting the show. Love you guys.